Believe it or not, pitchers and catchers reporting spring training is here. What? Yeah, and the day after the Super Bowl, we've got Alex Anthopoulos on to join us to talk about all things Braves. And Double A, it's good to have you back on. I've been saying this. I love our club. I think we're going to be very good. But I want to start with the catching situation because everybody's wondering how this is going to work with Sean Murphy and Travis Darnot. And I think, uh, you know, Double A, that we might have the best catching duo in baseball. We're going to see how it plays out. But how is this going to work between these two guys? I definitely think it's obviously going to be an area of strength. It was an area of strength last year as well. So um, they're both fantastic. You know, that's why Snick gets paid the medium bucks. And uh, he's going to have to decide the, uh, all the, um, the, the lineups and so on. But, look, we've got DH open. Um, we got to keep these guys fresh regardless. And um, it's a good problem to have, right? And I think that's the one thing is that the one thing you know about that position, it's not like another another position player where they can play 162, 160. No catchers are doing that. So you know inherently there's it's a two-man position. It's just what's the percentage behind the plate? Is it 60-40? Is it half-half? Um, but now that we have the DH spot open, uh, we're going to be able to get these guys a ton of at-bats, a ton of reps, and their legs are going to be fresh, and that should bode well for the entire year. We've heard the reports of a wash working with Vaughn Grissom. What are your expectations for Grissom this year? Yeah, you know, I, I think what I've said was, you know, I've asked Wash throughout the offseason is just want him to be playable. And that doesn't mean that he's going to win the job. Or he's, I know there's this expectation because there's been so much attention on, one, he's a young, really high-ceiling player. He's charismatic. He's energetic. He's a great teammate. Um, we absolutely believe that the bat's going to be plus. I don't know when. That could be 23, 24, 25, but I have no doubt that Vaughn will eventually be a very good bat. Um, and then the question is, where does the defense go and how good does it, does it become? But for right now, you know, the question I constantly asked Wash throughout the winter was, Wash, do you believe at some point we may feel like we need to send him back down to work on his defense or, you know, we're going to need to do those things? And he's adamant that that's not – he goes, I can't tell you what's going to happen in terms of the bat that, that is in his area and guys get sent down because of hitting and so on. But he feels uh, it'll be a process. It'll be a learning curve. And if you look back to Riley early on in his career, he had growing pains at third base. Dansby Swanson certainly had growing pains at shortstop. And those guys have evolved to be great players. But we've won divisions with Riley hitting at the bottom of the order and still growing defensively. Dansby Swanson, every year I was was with here with him for the five years, and he was hitting at at the bottom of the lineup and kept getting better offensively and defensively, but was not a finished product in 2018, 2019, and so on, if you go look at the numbers, and we were still able to be a division-winning club. So I think the big key for us, and when we're putting a team together, is you don't want to be built. Everything is predicated on one player because we don't, we don't want to happen as guys get hurt, guys have down years. You never want to be in a position where if you have these players, something goes wrong, that all of a sudden you walk away from the season. So even if a guy like a Swanson had been here and so on, um, you still want to build a good enough team that if they get hurt or they miss time, you still feel good about it. So Vaughn, Orlando, Arcia, they're going to be competing. No matter what happens, you still want to make sure that you're deep and whatever happens with that position, it's not going to make or break the season. We're talking with Alex Anthopoulos, Braves general managers, pitchers and catchers reporting today. We're a few weeks away from uh, Grapefruit League action, guys. What about Marcelo Zuna, Double uh, A? What, what's the plan with Ozuna? You know, he's going to come in and, and, and compete. You know, we know we've seen obviously when he's when, when he's right what he could do with the bat. Look, obviously he did not have a good year offensively. Um, still had 20, 20 home runs. He had some moments, um, but you look at his career. He's been a much better offensive player. And look, he's you know he's his calling card is his bat, and 
clearly that's going to that's going to ultimately decide what his playing time is. So um, he'll he'll come into camp and we'll see how he looks, see how he does. But again, you know, you know, Snit's got a lot on his plate. He always has, right? We have a lot of pieces, a lot of players. You know, we're, not, we're this is a meritocracy at this point. So um, when it comes to the outfield, we traded for Robbie Grossman last year, thinking he'd be a platoon. He ended up getting more reps. Snit gave him more time and more reps, and he started playing him more. So uh, William Contreras came into camp last year with no promises, no expectation, and he played so well that he earned a lot of DH at bats to the point to where he became an all-star. So Marcel and all the other candidates will come in and compete for at bats and playing time, and you know, we're going with the best players at all times, uh, no matter what their contractual status is, no matter um, you know how things look in terms of prospect status. You know, it's going to play the best players because we have we have a club that we feel has a chance to compete for uh, getting to the World Series and certainly getting to the playoffs. It is Alex Anthopoulos, guys, with us. He is the executive of the year last year. All the great moves he pulled in 22. Joins us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. I know we talked about it with Dansby when that deal couldn't get consummated. It, I know it's not a metric, it's not analytics, but do you feel you'll be able to fill that void that he brought in leadership uh, this year in the clubhouse? Yeah, you know what? It's um, it's something that I feel I've I never have the answers, but you feel you learn over time. Um, I think that has to be organic, right? And I think, look, everybody from fans to executives, you always want to have that guy who's the leader, who's the guy who's going to rally the troops, have the big team meeting, and grab a guy by the throat if he needs to, and so on. Those guys don't really exist. And um, one thing I learned as a young GM, I used to think, well, you have one guy, and they they set the table and run the show. It needs to be a collective thing. It needs to be a group thing. So obviously a guy like Dansby just oozes it. He just does it. It comes so easily for him, and, He's a fantastic player as well. Uh, but it's always been a collective, right? Whether that's on, in the rotation, it's Charlie Morton, it's Max Freed, and other position players, whether that's guys like Alves and Riley and Olsen and Travis Darno. Um, you're always doing it as a group. I've had clubs before where we have one guy who's absolutely a leader, but he was one of 25 back when the rosters were 25, or there was two of 25, and it was not enough. So... Um, I think organically these guys all come together. They work together. That's why we put so much of an emphasis on building a team rather than really spending time on individual players. And we talk about flooding the clubhouse. And if you flood the clubhouse, you know, hopefully, um, if you lose players, yeah, you lose talent. It's hard. It certainly hurts. You're impacted. But if you flood in the clubhouse with high character guys and good guys, you should be able to, to survive, I guess is the best way to put it, or to absorb some of those losses and, and continue going. So, organically, I expect guys to, you know, we're not going to sit anybody down and say, look, we have a void here. You need to fill the spot. You need to fill the spot. Organically, those things just occur. They happen. Everyone realizes there's a little bit more available. There's more responsibility. It happens in the office. We've lost two guys to GM jobs, which is fantastic. And, you know, they haven't been replaced specifically. And organically, guys fill the gap and they get more of an opportunity. So that would be my expectation. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Dana Brown. He was with you for a long time, right? I mean, four years here, he's with the, the Blue Jays for nine years. He's now the Astros general manager, and he was our VP of scouting, which means, guys, he's been in a big part of, you know, part of the teams that we've seen now compete for World Series. How do you replace that? You don't. And I, I, like you said, I've been with Dana forever. So back to the Montreal Expos. So with the Expos, with the Blue Jays, with the Braves, um, obviously I worked for him with the Montreal Expos. He's actually the first one that believed in me as a talent scout. You know, I was a young guy, I was interning, and he's like, hey, man, you have some feel for evaluating players. Like, you can do this. He's, you know, he's, 
like you're not a guy just to sit behind a desk and be an office guy. You know, I talk baseball with him all the time, and he really appreciated uh, me and appreciated my ability or whatever I had at, at the time. And he encouraged me, and he he sent me out to go see the top players for the draft. And I wasn't anybody back then. He just saw something in me, and he believed mm-hmm. in me. And look, obviously, I saw him work and how good a job he did. And it's not a coincidence that when I became a GM, I brought him with me to the Blue Jays. And then, obviously, when I got here, I brought him with me to the Braves. So that relationship is deep. It's strong. Uh, you don't replace someone like that. The role that we had for him was made for him. So same thing with Perry Manassian when he went to the Angels. The role we had for him was made for him. So, mm. um, you know, my, my, my view of it is, you know, he didn't see every player for the draft, right? He ran fantastic drafts and great staffs, and he hired well and so on. And you're hoping if you're running a good organization that people hire well and you have infrastructure and you have everybody in place. So um, you're going to lose those guys. It's going to hurt. But I'm confident in the people that we have in place. I'm confident in the process that we have in in place. And uh, not to take anything away from people that we've lost. I'm thrilled for them to get the opportunity. It's a great uh, compliment to the organization that other organizations want to hire our employees. Um, I expect us to to not skip a beat, continue to move forward. And we just have everybody internally move up a peg. Um, and we've backfilled some of the eyes in terms of Dean DeSillis, the guy I work with in Toronto. But he's not replacing Dana. He's just a – we've lost his uh, – we lost Dana's eyes. We lost a set of evaluation eyes. And uh, I wanted to backfill that. Um, but there's no way to replace Dana specifically with everything that he brings. It is the president and the GM. It's uh, Alex Anthopoulos and mentor to a bunch of guys, certainly, that yeah, we're finding out here on the waitfor.com hotline. Alex, just so there's no confusion with Braves fans, is the Bally sports deal, does that affect your bottom line, how much money you get to spend on the team from Liberty? Because I know some teams are going to feel that pinch. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I've been following it. Um, that's way above my pay grade. I, I'm solely focused on baseball operations, so all I do is spend money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't make any money. <laughs> I don't bring. I don't sell tickets or ads or any of that stuff, so... TV, I'm not involved. So all we do is cash out the door on my side of it. Um, but there's been no changes, you know, from my, you know, from off season to now. I mean, it's always been, my off season has been the same, just like any other off season. So um, probably the wrong guy to ask. Obviously, I've seen reports, I've seen, I've read things, things like that. But in terms of how I do my job day to day, it's been consistent from the day the year was over, off season, and our, our dollars and everything else that haven't changed. And my expectation is that you know people will continue to watch the Braves. A couple of seasons ago, Double A, we were screaming, Eddie, Eddie, can Eddie see? Is everything okay with him going into spring training? Yeah, I mean, look, there's no doubt. It was uh, not what anybody expected last year. Um, Yeah, he's he's good. He's 100%. He's playing in the World Baseball Classic, which I'm excited about for him. I think him getting reps in big-time competition early on can only be a good thing for him, can get him tuned up. Look, it's free agent year for him. Um, he's hit his whole life. If you look at the back of his card, his whole career, the one outlier is 2022, right? Every other year. And he's not old. He's a young man. He's got great bat to ball skills. He had a condition with his eyes and coming back and trying to do it during the season. And I'm not making excuses for him, but he didn't just have a bad year. He went on the IL for an eye condition. And obviously it's a critical thing when it comes to hitting. So our guys feel he's totally, totally recovered 100%. Um, in fact, the team Puerto Rico wanted him to be their starting outfielder. I think it's a very good sign. He's excited to do it. So uh, I'm fully expecting, you know, if you're looking at the odds, seven seasons or eight seasons, whatever it's been, a lot of them have looked the same except for one, and we, we could point to something specifically. So he'll still come in and compete, though, uh, just based off of 
last year, you know, we're not just going to hand anybody jobs. So whoever the best player is, it's going to go that way. Right. Hey, uh, were you cool with the workload for Acuna this offseason? I mean, he looks great down there, but because I was Braves fans want to see him hit the ground running, but uh, were you guys like, all right, enough is enough? <laughs> yeah, so look, he loves to play. You guys see it, right? He right. adores playing baseball. And I, people see stuff online. He's in, when he's in Venezuela, he's playing like, games with kids. And he's, this guy loves to play baseball in any capacity, right, any way he can. So if it was up to him, he would have played. He would have been playing the whole time. But our doctors and trainers wanted to give him some type of recovery. So, look, him playing in the winter in, in Venezuela in front of his family, that was important to him. He told us that. So, look, we're always trying to work with players and do what we can. But our responsibility is to the Braves, and we want to make sure we protect them as well. So we let him play some. Uh, we want to make sure he DH'd just to still give him that, that recovery and so on. But we didn't view it as a bad thing that he was going to get at bats, right, just from a timing standpoint and so on. Because, again, he didn't have his best year offensively last year. It was, a, it was really – it was an up-and-down year for him. He was a good player, but not the great player that we've expected and the perennial MVP candidate that we've expected. So, look, I, I mean, I think with his age and his talent and now being further removed from the knee injury and so on, um, you know, we expect him to be a, a force again. Um, and it just goes to show you a guy that he's off and he's not right. He still is a productive player. When he's right, he's – arguably the best player in, in the game. So uh, we fully expect him to be back and be elite and, and be that guy that's in the MVP conversation, conversation year in, year out. A couple of quick rapid-fire questions. we got to go, and I know you're busy. Uh, spring training guys underway, pitchers and catchers reporting. Fifth starter, Soroka Anderson, they will compete to be the fifth starter, correct? Correct. And just because someone starts that spot, they both have options. So we can go with the hot hand the entire time. So – just like Ian Anderson was in our rotation until he wasn't, right? He got optioned, and again, love Ian, but we're going with the best guys at any time. So when you have options, anything can happen, and um, even whatever team we break with doesn't mean that's the way we're, we're going to stay. So guys have to continue to perform uh, to keep their, their jobs. But the fact that we're talking about one guy who was in the Cy Young conversation in 2019 and then one other guy that's been at the top of the rotation the last few years in Ian Anderson, those guys are competing for the five spot. It's pretty exciting when you think about it from a depth standpoint, and even guys we have on option, you know, our six starters, seven starter, and so on. So, look, those two guys are the front runners, but Bryce Elder is going to come in and compete. Colby Allard will come in and compete. So, I mean, they could win that job too, but look, because of past experience and success, I think it's fair to say that Soroka and Anderson would be the front runners because of experience. The rule changes as fans. Do you think we're going to immediately notice, and how difficult will that be as an adjustment in spring training? Bigger bases, the pitch clock, and no shift. I think the pitch clock is going to be awesome. Um, I think, look, I love baseball, but I love two-and-a-half-hour games, too. Right. And I think that's good for, for all of us, you know? So um, I think it just, it's just more, more exciting. The pace of play, the action is a great thing. I think there will definitely be an emphasis on guys that will start to run more you know, being able to, you know, they're going to cap how much you throw over. The bases, like you said, have been expanded in size. So I think that element's going to certainly end up being there. I think, look, from a positioning standpoint, shifts, things like that, I know that a lot's been talked about there. I'm not overly, I don't even want to say concerned. It's just, you know, we're just going to roll with the rules. And all 30 teams have the same thing. And, look, it's it's only a factor that when you have really a ground ball guy on the mound and guys that hit the ball on the ground. So, um, you know, if we have guys like Strider that strike guys out that are fly, that are fly ball guys, I mean, it isn't going to matter. It's outfield outfield defense. But um, look, the left-handed hitter that ends up pulling the ball to the right side into shallow right, that hitter should be advantaged. But uh, I'm I'm excited about all these changes. But I think for me, um, 
knowing that games have a good chance of being in the two and a half hour range, similar to other sports, I think is going to be really, really good for the game across the board. Double A, it's always good to catch up with you. We're excited about the season. Guys, we got a good club. Right Things on. hopefully come together, and we'll see what happens at spring training. Alex Anthopoulos, Braves general manager, thanks for stopping by. We'll talk soon. All right, guys. Always glad to do it.